This is Trauma Queen with your Arizona Roller Girls. You're listening to Out From Under the Bed with The Boogeyman, a Meowder Limits production. Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Out From Under the Bed. I am your host, the Boogeyman, always joined by my lovely wife, co-host, co-producer. Oh, my God, I'm choking oh, on this denture no. right now. Let's welcome Master Sedator to the program. Hey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Holy Let's smokes. Just, yeah, we can listen to some more music for a second. <laughs> All right. <laughs> if, if it calls for it, twist my arm to listen to this song by The Hideaway. What so is it? It's called The Boogeyman, It's right? called The Boogeyman called by the Boogeyman. our friends at The Hideaway. <laughs> you can uh, find their music on Apple iTunes and all that shit. Uh, go follow them on Instagram yeah. at The Hideaway LV. Yeah, if you're near Las Vegas, uh, they play, it seems like they play live a lot. You should go check them out. Yeah, they play quite a bit. And uh, shout out to them for writing and producing this song for us. We really appreciate the uh, efforts and the artwork for us through this wonderful jam. On today's program, it's a special birthday issue because today marks my 11 years off of the Firewater. We have Dozer from your Arizona Roller Girls, league manager, league president, but they're here to tell you about all they do within the Roller Derby and with the uh, Arizona Roller Girls. So we're going to end up getting to them after we get to some more business stuff here on the program. Out from under the bed is sponsored by Siphon Draw Apothecary. You can find them 4650 North Mammoth Mine Road, Apache Junction, Arizona, 85119. Go out there to Goldfield Ghost Town. See a gunfight, possibly. You never know. Uh, get some artwork at their... Uh, fuck, the Siphon Draw Art Gallery. There you go. And uh, check that out. They just had a, a paint sip sip and tea paint night there, and that looked like so much fun. Yes. And I'm jealous. And now I'm kind of nervous to go because everyone looked like they painted really good pictures, and now I'm shy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Some fantastic artwork coming out of there. So go ahead and check them out and do some shopping through that Linktree profile we got on our social medias. Doing that helps us out, helps out a small business, Siphon Draw Apothecary. And shout out to our show artist, Cherry Jane. They have done some very fantastic artwork in the memories portion of my Facebook page came up the other day. The very first Mm. artwork that she did for us, so... Which one was the first one? Was that the Starry Night? That was the Starry Night with the uh, one logo on it. Yeah. And then we had to do the double hitchhiking kitty. Yes. Oh, right. Yes, but shout out to Cherry Jane. If you would like to possibly get something done through her, I think the commissions are still open. You can check out her artwork at Art by Cherry Jane on Instagram. We highly encourage 
everybody to follow her page, and we encourage everybody to follow our social media page too. At Out From Under the Bed on Instagram and Out From Under the Bed with the Boogeyman on Facebook. We are going to be starting to post a lot more about contests and stuff coming up, uh, t shirt giveaways, things like that, picture contests if you have acquired stickers. Things of that nature, so uh, a lot of fun stuff. If you ever wanted to win something off of the radio, here's your chance to uh, participate in those contests. So uh, follow us on there and whatnot. So right now, we are going to get to Dozer. And before all that... um. Dozer is joining us for our Sober Series interviews here in January. So, um, that's, again, these are interviews that I like doing, talking to my friends who have, you know, be- become sober and shit because, I mean, some, some of these, some of these folks, I didn't, I didn't know that they were on this journey until like kind of recently too, because Master and I kind of found out that Dozer has been in the game for quite a bit, a uh, handful of years so far, and um, yeah, so we're here to uh, honor that, and uh, let's get to Dozer from your Arizona Roller Girls. Hello. We actually get, see, I was talking to people um, saying that basically like, Now's our chance to corner Dozer. There are no outside distractions going on, and I'm pretty excited about this. So. Thank you for having me. Take, take over this interview. She's Taking gotta, over yeah. the interview. Well, is there anything that you wanted to shout out before, uh, we, before we get into it? Yeah, I mean, first of all, you know, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, thanks uh, for being here. Pleasure to be thank here. Um, just, I guess, I mean, shout out to you guys and... You know, for anyone that's interested in listening to a podcast, make sure you check out this podcast okay. and all their other podcasts, you know, on your way to work, at the gym. Um, also, shout out to Arizona Roller Girls sponsors. There's a lot of them, so I might say them fast. Yeah, go for uh, it. Turn Up AZ Entertainment, you know, DJ Services 360 Photo Booth, Lost Dutchman Tattoo, Padme Energy Works and Massage, Back Fit Health and Spine, uh, Design from Scratch Web Design, Apache Junction Auto Care. Arizona Bird Store, Yucca Tap Room, Think Pixa. Uh, if you're looking for a house, condo, anything, you can reach out to Home Smart Real Estate. Uh, I also want to thank Phoenix Roller Derby for being so awesome. We love you guys, and we always appreciate you guys coming out and skating with us. Oh, it's so much fun. I love it. It's always it's always exciting skating with you guys, and yeah, yeah. I love feeling kind of like part of your guys' group. You guys are so cool. <laughs> well, what's even more interesting is watching everyone fight who gets master sedator because I think I'll, I think everyone has a crush on you. Oh, you're funny. <laughs> Watch out, Boogie. <laughs> oh, I love them all so much. Oh, they're the best. All right. Sorry, everybody. Uh, Sadie, with this ever-going ear issue and her allergy... Um, yeah, she's flipping the head around and stuff, having an issue, uh, real problem from what it looks like. So, uh, she's gonna have to wait because I don't know if I have any more Q-tips. No, we don't. No, we don't. I looked. No uh, more cuddle Q-tips. No more cuddle <laughs> Q-tips. Okay, either way. Um, Dozer, 
Is roller skating something you did when you were little, or is this something you got into as an adult? Uh, no, I would go to Great Skate all the time. I grew up on the west side, so my mom would always take me to Great Skate, and I'd go skating with my friends. I would try to do tricks I probably shouldn't be doing. <laughs> all right. So those not from the Phoenix metro area, what is Great Skate like? Uh, this is a long time ago, but Great Skate, you know, it's just kind of like how Skateland is now. Just, you know, same old, probably probably looks exactly the same. But from what I hear is they actually got wood floors now. Yeah, I did hear about that. I haven't been or anything, but. I think the last time I was at grade skate, I probably had to be at least 14 years old. So right. a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I've been to grade skate like once. Um, It was when uh, Rhea... And I were together, so it was like a really long time ago, like over like twelve years ago, something like that. Yeah, that's when a long I time was ago. there. Yeah, I remember it not being not being something to write home about, just like any other skate rink. It seemed like it was kind of tiny to me. I don't know, just coming from like somebody who skates outside all the time, so it's like everything indoors is tiny to me. Right. Yeah, and I I just remember those brown high boots. You know, that didn't roll very well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And when did you find out about roller derby? How'd that get on your radar? Um, and when, what year was that for you? So it had been in 2010, and a friend from high school actually invited me to come out to Arizona, Arizona Roller Girls' first tryout that they were having at um, Skateland in Mesa. So we played softball together all through high school, and she's like, you should come out. It'd be perfect. Who was it that got you to come try out? Uh, I'm going to have to think names now. She played. She started her derby career with the Derby Dame. She was a brutal beauty. Um, if, you just, if you just remember her skate name, I might know who she was. You're going to make her Or whatever. That's okay. Marcy, maybe, was her real name. Um, but yeah, that's, um, that's about time when I got into it. So after, when you went to the, uh, tryout and shit, did you have to borrow skates or did you have your own? Oh no, I had to borrow skates. From the, uh, from the rink or whatnot? From (laughs) From the the rink, yes. Okay, hell yeah. The, uh, the orange tips. Yep. Yep. Fuck yeah. Yeah. What kind of stuff they make you do at the tryout? Just kind of introduced it a lot of girls were there that um had never either skated before or never played derby before so you're talking about a whole new group of ladies that have never met each other have never skated before had no idea what roller derby was so i mean there was stopping knee taps you know they did some endurance just the basics who was it at the time that was running the tryouts uh, Hetty Lamorg. Okay, fuck yeah. Shout out to Hetty. How many people were there? Maybe 40 or so. Okay. Maybe less. I might have a picture somewhere on my Facebook of of that tryout. Yeah, yeah so it was in April. It was April, I think, April 30th of 2010 is when they had their first ever tryout. Okay. Yeah, because that lines up. Because um, I was given the flyer in January... January of 2011 
Okay. Somebody handed me that flyer in fucking the parking lot that I was teaching myself how to skate in. Mm -hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, roller derby. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm fucking into it, this or that. And they gave me that flyer. Oh, the Arizona Roller Girls are holding Mm -hmm. tryouts or reps or whatever. And that's how I got hooked up. I actually have that flyer, the first ever flyer that was made for the league in like a, I have it in a box of just, you know. Yeah, I wish I I remember who who it was who handed me that in their fucking car. Because I could barely, I barely could know how to skate then because I got my skates from Sidewalk Surfer like, I think like the 5th or whatever of January, somewhere thereabouts. Um, But yeah, like they gave me that flyer. So to the best of my knowledge, that was like the first league on the east side or that's pretty much why, because it didn't really exist out there yet. No. It was like a west side thing. A lot of roller derby was on the west side of town. Right. So over there in Mesa, um, that's why I always thought, like, that's why there's always has been such a big uh, turnout as far as, like, league um, numbers go. Yeah, because it was the first. It was the first east side league. It was, yeah. So once, I mean, we didn't have, you know, at first, before we started playing at the Broadway Rec Center, we were skating wherever we could at parks, in parking garages by Pete's Fish and Chips. Fuck yeah. And I mean, what? Shout out. You know, so every time, you know, they were kicking us out of these places. And then we finally found one of our skaters, um, found the Broadway Rec Center. And we've been there since, yeah, 2010. It's like, and it, it's become our home. Yeah. So we've been there over a decade. And it's, I mean, I couldn't imagine anything else just because that's where we all really, that was our first like real game. Even though we did practice demos at Skateland, the BRC is where it really became um, reality of what Derby was and what it was going to be. Yeah, because the Broadway Rec Center, shout out to them. Uh, they have a lot of community events and stuff there. Mm-hmm. And um, so to get roller derby in there, it within, you know, being so new at the time within the community out there was a big thing. And, um, you know, being being a part of it for like a short time until like when I found the rattle skates, I was like, all right, I got to get out of Ref Lagoon. I can play this shit. Right. And, also, um, whatnot. real quick, shout out to the Broadway Rec Center, for understanding that Derby is not going to ruin a basketball court floor. Yes. So if you're out there and you have possession of a basketball court that's inside, please let roller derby happen there. Take some lessons, y'all. It doesn't hurt the court one bit. We use tape that comes up very easily. They've never had any problems there. So don't be ridiculous. Share your space. Support your local roller derby. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so <clears throat> when you were first starting out with uh, with roller derby, what were some of the things that were the hardest for you? The stops, the, um, the maneuvers that came along with this game? I think just learning new skills. I mean, when I came into roller derby, I had, you know... I mean, I, I really started Derby because we had just moved to the east side and I had 
four kids under the age of six and I didn't really have any friends when we moved here. They're all on the west side. Literally my husband and my kids were my only friends. So I wanted to join Derby to make friends, to exercise and getting into Derby it was just getting your body to, you know, you use muscles you don't normally use in everyday life. So it was just getting familiar with the movements, the different skills. Um, but, you know, after like I think the first couple weeks of practices, I knew I was going to love it. And I knew that it was just, it was always going to be a part of my life. Hell yeah. Hooked from there. What was your set first set of uh, roller skates and gear? Rydell's. And I skated on those until the duct tape and the Gorilla Glue no longer worked. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, you know, I just kept taping them and gluing them because, again, I had kids, and I was just like, oh, I don't need new skates. And I just wore the basic, like, one, uh, pro, no, Pro's Edge maybe, or not Pro's Edge. The Pro-Tech? Yeah, the Pro-Tech, you know, the basic kind of um, pads, and I actually still have my first helmet that I refuse to get rid of <laughs> my blue helmet. I love my blue helmet. And I actually, I should not be saying this, but I actually want to say I still have the same mouth guard. <laughs> oh yeah. So speaking of that mouth guard, I didn't realize the picture that I used for the promo for the show. That's my <clears throat> mouth guard. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> That's the mouth guard. Cause after I, after I put it up and made the whole post and shit, cause believe it or not, that shit takes a while when you're trying to fucking do that shit. But I put it up and then I realized, like, when did Dozer get a gold mouth guard? I'm like, wait a second, that's a fucking weird mouth guard. Okay, so anybody listening to this, Dozer's teeth are fucked up. That's just an old, weird, clear mouth guard. And if you've ever played sports, like, we're going to get to, uh, uh, I think you mentioned playing softball and stuff, so we're going to get to you playing softball. But anybody who played contact sports as a kid and you had a clear mouth guard, you know what that does. It gets weird and old after a while. So... Being roller roller derby not being your first team sport, <clears throat> um, coming in with a sports background, uh, what was um what was that like coming from playing softball and stuff? Um, I mean it was pretty like when it came to coaching and having to be you know have endurance and I was used to all of that because I played club softball and it was super competitive. So coming from that. I loved it. I loved being pushed. I loved trying new challenges. So that was always nice. Um, I loved softball. I did, but I think I love derby even more. I mean, when I was a kid, I was in dance and tap and gymnastics and cheerleading and baton, and I hated all of those because <laughs> uh, my mother would make me wear bows and put mascara on me, and I hated it. Um, but softball... You know, it's so different than roller derby because in each sport, you're, it's different. Softball is different, but still, you're still using endurance. You're still doing different drills. You're still using your muscle. So I think that my upbringing with being in all of those dance classes and playing sports kind of put me in a good place for derby. Yeah, because... Going going into it, you're like, all right, I know what I'm signing up for. Right. You know, and then were you a fan of roller derby before you started playing it? 
Um, I had seen it before and I was like, oh, that's cool. I want to do that, you know, but then it was always like, oh, I have kids. I can't do that. I'm too old. I, you know, but then when I went to the tryout, I saw people, I was like, oh, they're like way older than me. I was like, I can do this too then. Yeah. Okay. So like, yeah, you knew what you were signing up for then. You were already like familiar with the sport. Mm -hmm. Another, another PSA real quick. It doesn't matter how old you are. You can play derby. Yep. Come and play with us. Yes. Yeah. You can also be a part of the community as well as far as being a referee or um, anything like that, volunteer on any sort of capacity. We got some really rad new volunteers, and they are so nice. Um, was it Miss Froggy, I believe, and Java the Mutt um, came to our orientation, and now um, they're just really nice people that um, like volunteer to volunteer at places. Stuff. And I'm like, that is so cool that they're they're helping and doing penalty box and timekeeping and... Yeah, it's so nice. And the thing, too, with Derby is you always hear people, oh, I wish I found this sooner. You say, why didn't didn't you come check it out? And they're like, I don't know. I'm kind of weird. We're all weird. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody's ever going (laughs) to judge you or look at you different because we all have a weird side. And that's why, that's what makes us. Like, everybody's, you know, everybody loves it. Everybody loves a little weird. Yeah, because, I mean, it kind of, like, pulls in the weird um, I've always, I've always looked at roller derby as like the sub crowd of like really super fun people, but we're all regular people on the outside, right. you know, because we have regular jobs and shit. Um, and like we all function in this real world, but then we be this other character however many days a week and then be this other character on Saturday evenings in front of total strangers at some parts, you know, like it most of the time or, or what have you. And that's like super fun. So where did the name death metal dozer come from? Well, originally one of my old coworkers, he used to announce for us, gave me the name dozer at work because I was always busy at work and if people were messing around, if I needed to move them, I kind of would just plow into them. Oh, like a real taskmaster. So I, he just, you know, I was there to work. And so he was just like, you're like a bulldozer. And so the name Dozer, he gave that to me. Death Metal, back in the day, we had to register our derby names. And there was a doozer in Omaha, Nebraska, and it wouldn't register the name mm. Dozer. So at the time, the founder, she added death metal to the front of my name so it could legally be registered in the two evils. Yeah. And That's the, the same. And, and the yeah. two evils. So technically, I mean, I didn't technically pick death metal. It was kind of given to me. So right. my name could be registered. All right. So, but okay. I do have a jersey that does say Death Metal Dozer on I've it. I've always been curious of the full name. Like, I never knew the story behind it. It was Fuck Death yeah. Metal was added so I could have my name yeah, registered. Yeah. So when we if we went traveling or anything, I could have my name on the Two Evils website. Yeah, because yeah, that... That was a thing, and, like, there was one person running it and, like, not enough bandwidth on, like, the fucking site. Anybody that's familiar with it knows about it. 
And I think uh, Lambo had a similar story, mm-hmm. or was his just a misprint? I don't know. I, I think it was a misprint, and it was just going to take too long to change it, and like he just went with it because his uh, name is. His his full name is Lamberfides, right? Lamberfides, but it's Lambo R. Lambo Lambo R. Fides is on two evils or something. And like I think that the, the thing was is I mean there was thousands of names on there, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I, I mean some of it like I mean names coming from wherever. I mean I don't know the chances. There's people registered in Kuwait with derby names. I mean, I'm not going to go to Kuwait to probably play roller derby. Yeah. Like, who else is going to have that name? Yeah. You know, like, our derby names, that's what people call us. Sometimes you see someone's name on Facebook or that you hear them say their real name and you kind of look at them like, that's your name? And you're like, <laughs> I didn't know that. You're like, oh, you don't look like a Beth. Yeah, you know, right. Like, you know them as their derby name. Yeah. You know, you're known as Boogie. Master is master. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, we all have these, like, fucking weird personalities, like, to start anyways going into it, but, like, you know, have these regular-ass jobs and are, like, regular people. Right. Other than that, and then we find out, like, because some people, I I haven't known their real names for a decade. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to know. Like, You're like, who's that? Um, sometimes I've avoided some people's names. Um, Panda's mom said her name out loud one day at a game. Oh. And I was like, I like covered my ears and like screamed really loud. And she was like, what was that? I was like, I don't know her real name. I was like, I never did until like right now when I heard you say that. It's I think when people like sometimes when we're out and if we're talking and there's the professional side of me and then there's the high, you know, meeting fans and stuff. So like the professional me, I introduce myself as my legal name. Have you ever accidentally said dozer to somebody in a professional setting? Um, I don't think so. It's I, you know, well, sometimes cause the girls, if someone goes up to them, like, Oh, who do we need to talk to? And they're like, you need to talk to dozer. But then I I'm talking about in your real life. Oh, no, 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 no. Never accidentally done that. I've done I've accidentally done that in the backyard with a customer before Um, because, you know, I do pools and shit. And sometimes at the time um, I was a residential manager. So sometimes that line is blurred because I'm so much this character because no one's ever said, Patrick, you played good. You know, they've always said, hey, boogeyman. They don't know me as Patrick. So, right. I fucking accidentally did that in my real life. I was like, hey, I'm the boogeyman. I was like, oh, wait a second. I was like, like, wait, wait, am I? But it was cool because they were like an older customer. I think they were like in their fucking 70s. And they were, I was like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. I was like, it's just my roller derby name. And they were like, oh, roller derby, huh? I was like, this, that. So we got to talking about old timey roller derby. And that was really fun. Kind of like the uh, brand of roller derby you guys do over there at the uh, Arizona Roller Girls. So. What's that like? And what's what was it like playing with the Cadaver Crew as well? Um, so when the league first started, obviously we played Wifida, which is a different rule set than we play by now. And then about six, seven years ago, we changed rule sets into a USARS rule set, which you guys are familiar with. Um, but we have house rules. So we added in old school derby. We allow fighting. We kind of like go by a... We do what we want 
motto, which is not everyone follows the rules. We have rule breakers, you know, and you'll see them sitting in their favorite spot over in the penalty box. <laughs> um, so when, when, okay, because I remember when I first, first got there, there was like the entertainment kind of, there was the sports entertainment and then you guys shifted more to like a whiffed a rule set and then like it kind of like went back because it was pretty loose when I, when I was refing there. I was just there to like be there. Yeah, it for the most part. I mean, so when the league first, and I remember that, like the uh, the fighting and stuff, mm-hmm. I was like, "This is cool." I was like, "This is fucking awesome." And like, my mom really loved it too. Yeah, and I think that's part of like the show of Derby. A lot of people in Derby they they like the fights. The fights are entertaining. The same as if you go to a hockey game. When I, you know, I want to see a fight. I want to see them throw down because that's exciting, you know, especially when the goalies come out. That's like my favorite part. I'm like, oh, yeah, the goalies are coming out of their goal. (laughs) Heck, yeah, you know, it's going to be good, you know. And so I've been through a lot of change within the league over almost in April will be 14 years, just different changes, different rules, learning new things. But in the end, it's skating. It's having fun. It's being athletic it's meeting new people it's watching people grow and just having a good time you know over the last decade of skating I've made family members out of people that you're like oh it's they're just not friends they're family mm-hmm. you know and we all get to grow in the sport together there's another skater Harmony who we've been skating together since the first ever tryout you know yeah it, and we've been through so much and she's, she's family, you know, and so, and just about Derby names, I wanted to bring something up. I don't know if you've ever shared this, but I would love, you had a different name when I first met you, Oh yeah, I, <laughs> which I, which I love telling people. I said, you know, the boogeyman wasn't always the boogeyman. Yeah. I, I touched on it in the intro to the boogeyman episode. Master and I are going to cut a longer episode with me at some time, but I'll get into it right now on yours. So my first ever name was Pat McCrotch. So that was my improv stage name. And, um, so I eventually changed it because my daughters got older and I was like, you know, that's kind of like a bit too raunchy, even though like I'm getting into men's derby and this is still the culture and shit. I wanted to change it to something that my daughters could say if, you know, they happen to mention my dad plays roller derby. He's this and that or like whatever, you know, or it's um like my favorite sports player day at school and hey dad I want to wear one of your jerseys if that situation ever <laughs> arose I would have been like well I'm fucked I can't do that because it's some fucking raunchy name and you know I didn't that's the, like the only reason why I changed it then is because of that it wasn't like um you know, because like I said, it was still the culture at the time to have like a dirty name, even being like a male skater, like you can like get away with it. And like you didn't, it wasn't such like a scumbag thing, I guess. I don't know. It, no, I know. I, I, that's when girls, when they first come in, they're like, I don't know what name. How do I, you know, and it's like, just remember, this is a name that yeah. people are going to call you. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't 
Wantrick Derby. I don't know. I mean, you know it dep- yeah, the announcer to cringe every time they say your name. You know, it's I mean, like, let's I'm just going to give an example. And I don't know if anyone out there has this name. Let's, you know, skank. The announcer. Can you imagine the announcer? Look at that skank. You know? Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's just you want to when picking a derby name. This is a name that's going on jerseys. This is a name that your family's going to call you. This is a name that, you know, kids that are looking up to you as an athlete are going to be calling you. So you want to have a name that is going to be like, hey, you know, because I mean, yeah, our announcers or anyone else. You, just like we had a skater, um, she changed her name. Her name was Captain Horrigan. But a lot of people would abbreviate her name and they'd call her whore. And she'd right. be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And she ended up changing her name because she was just like, I don't know. Like, kind of don't want someone, people calling me, hey, no. whore. You know, like, no. I mean, it wasn't malicious that they were saying that. It was just, it was a name. Yeah. So, like, when selecting a derby name, really be like, okay, this is what someone is going to call me. Like you had mentioned earlier, this is someone you're becoming when you're on the track. Mm-hmm. When I'm on the track, it's, game time like dozer is coming out like I, it's i'm not suzanne i'm dozer i don't even know who suzanne is it's weird. <laughs> yeah and like you know and like i said at the time i started as a referee too so like you know it was like you know a lot of the referees had fucking dirty names you know like locally or otherwise there was an oliver close off for the dames for like a really long time and like that's just like the first like name that comes to mind. It's like, well, Whoa. that's funny. <laughs> yeah, <heard> right. <laughs> yeah. So there was that cat around locally for a long time, but yeah. So it was like, yeah, that character could be like a goof. That could be like a goofy thing, you know. But when it came down to playing sports, and I'm playing contact sports, you know, you're we're all playing this glorious gladiator sport, is what I refer to it as. So. I did want that character that's, you know, that is an indestructible figment of your imagination, something that's everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. So I was like, yeah, the boogeyman is a good example of that because everybody's got one, you mm-hmm. know, regardless if, you know, if it's the tax man or fucking whatever, like everything could be a boogeyman to somebody. So it's always something that's there right yeah and i and i spell it the way i do because it's from a corrupt song i think i mean my dozer is i think the only person who really doesn't call like i'm i will turn to that all the time because that's what i majorly go by um i even have co-workers at work that call me dozer they just you know hey dozer you know um or, you know, but I think my husband is the only person that doesn't call me by my roller derby name. It's, he's just like, that's weird. And I'm like, why? And that's he's like, weird. He's like, because people will say like, oh, Dozer. And he's like, Susie? Well, he like, doesn't yeah. know you as that. No, it's you because, I mean, I mean. So that's what, that could be the, that could be the thing. Because Master don't know me by anything other than boogie it feels or weird boogie sometimes man. when i was like when i'm like oh patrick Pat- patrick patrick yeah it's like what boogie yeah <laughs> so she don't know me as anything uh, yeah. other than as the person who she met inside of that building with that second skin on so like um yeah so you uh you played for the cadaver crew 
back in the day and you guys had some pretty sweet homemade uniforms because again roller derby is diy it is the fucking shit Mm -hmm. the homemade uniforms if you have not been around for that long and you don't know maybe like look up something i this is again a good reason why i started the show because it's like oral's history so let's hear about the creativity that went into the uh, homemade cadaver crew uniforms to start so the cadaver crew were uh, Franken nurses. So our first uniforms were these green skirts that had stitching and blood all over them with, you know, masks that had blood all over them. Because we were nurses and little nurses caps. And then I think after that, they were like, okay, we need uniforms. Our main color was green. So our first uniform that we skated in in about were electric green stretchy material that zipped up the front (laughs) and they had stitching on them and blood and I swear you would go to take a whip off of someone and it was like you were grabbing a rubber band because you would stretch back because it was such stretchy material and they I mean they were cute but now that we look at them I'm like what were we doing? What were we doing? What were we doing? <laughs> like, what? You know, and the league had three home teams, and each team had a different theme. And then, like, as a couple seasons in, we brought a, introduced a fourth team. But I want to say that the Cadavers always had the loudest uniforms. It was just, you know, blood, stitches you know so i mean being on the crew though is i have a frankenheart on my shoulder blade for for the cadaver crew because you know that was my first team that i was on yeah shout out and uh you can i think some of those old pictures are still up on the Arizona Roller Girls Facebook mm-hmm. page if you want to go check these um, uniforms out because the other team's uniforms were rather interesting as well. Um, everybody put some creativity into these. Mm-hmm. It was fucking awesome. And uh, what have you. Um, so getting into this character, do you have any pregame routines or rituals that help you get in to the Dozer character? Um... I don't know. I think part of that's already just there. It's just, you know, staying focused the day of the game, eating right, getting things ready. And then I know my responsibility is on the track. So once we're getting ready for that first whistle, it kind of like changes over and I know what I need to do. And even with all of the preparation of being the league manager and getting all that shit ready before bouts, you still find time to make that shift because it's always there. You always have, you always have that, that in there to make that easy shift into game time. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you can ask any of the league members when, once we get there and we're setting up, if they're trying to talk to me, it's like, walk with me, walk with me. It's like, you know, and they're trying, I walk really fast. And so they'll be kind of like, slow jogging next to me like oh you know and I'm like because I'm like going go 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 got to make sure everything's you know running perfect and stuff but it's just yeah I mean I love derby it's 
It's always going to be, it's always going to be there. And I love watching it make others happy and stuff. So that motivation to make sure things are on point is, is what pushes me more to always be like, okay, I'm ready. We have to have everything prepared and set up. And so, but yeah, as soon as we're in the locker room and we're getting ready, you know, I'd still even almost 14 years later, I still get butterflies. I'm still nervous. Um, but I love it. And so I think that pushes me even more to make, you know, it better and better every time. Fuck. Yeah. What's it like coming out? Cause at the Broadway rec center, um, I've played some open gender games there with the Arizona roller girls being a part of Phoenix roller derby. We work with them and do some stuff. So we come out of the uh, locker rooms. So we're going to get dozers perspective of, what it's like for you in your final moments of coming out of the tunnel is what I like to call it. It's exciting. I mean, it's always nervous because you kind of can look out there and be like, oh, look, there's my friends, there's my family. And you're always nervous because you want to perform well and you want to play well. But it's it's a cool feeling to see, like, these people are paying to come watch us play. Oh, yes. And, like, to me, I'm like, Here's this like old lady that's going out there to play this sport. And, you know, I just I love it because the fans love it. And that's what matters is everyone's out there to have a good time, to enjoy themselves, to make memories. And everyone that's involved in the production and being there and the fans and the players, like everyone has been a part of the success of the league. And each game that I play it's so exciting and it's it it is like I'll have you know my heart will be like going super super fast and I'm like sweating in the back and I'm like oh I'm so nervous you know but I've played in over a hundred games and still that nervous feeling but it's it's such an awesome feeling to have someone come up to you that you don't know and be like can we have your autograph or can we have a picture like that's cool like I'm like I'm not even getting paid for this like that's cool like they appreciate it the hard work that I put into practicing and the game and they're asking people for autographs, like watching little kids come up and be like, Oh, I want to skate like you or can that's cool to me. That's, that's such a awesome feeling that they recognize the hard work that all of us as skaters and athletes put into what we do. Yeah, absolutely. Cause that's what, that's what turns it on for me. Um, personally, because they've spent their harder money, whether they found that, found that event as a stranger on fucking Facebook or they're visiting from out of town and they looked up um, events happening in the area or whatever the fucking case may be. They're, they're friends or family of somebody that's there and they don't know me and they just see me skate for that night and whatnot. But seeing people that are there and then they come up to me and they're like, hey, I want to get a picture so I can show my kids the boogeyman is real. I've had people say that to me and I'm like, oh, this is awesome. It makes me almost play harder, like coming back from halftime because that's happened at a halftime before. And I'm like, all right, sweet. I'm going to play extra fucking hard because these people took time out of their day, their night to come here, then further took time out of their evening to seek me out and say, you play good, I need a picture with you. Yeah, it's it's a good feeling, you know, and uh, we've been out flyering before um, in Mesa, and a couple of the girls called me, and they're like, Dozer, are you still here? And I was like, yeah, we're on, you know, we're down by this place. And they're like, some 
people are looking for you. They're like, it's like these people said they know you. And I'm like, they know me? Like, so I walked over there and this couple was standing there and they were like, Dozer! And I'm like, oh, hi. And I was Hell like, yeah. oh, and I was like, oh, shoot, I don't, you know, I was like, I don't remember. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And they're like, oh, I can't believe you're still playing. And they were like, cadavers. And I'm like, oh, these are old school mm, fans. Yeah. And they were like, oh my gosh, we used to come every weekend. Our girls, you know, loved watching you guys play. And they were naming Harmony. And the guy was so excited. He's like, remember in that game? You picked that girl up and you slammed her down on the ground. I'm like, oh my gosh. And all the girls were looking at me like, what? (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh. I said, the cadavers, you know, I mean, we split teams over six years ago. So these were fans that from the beginning were coming regularly to games. And the fact that they remembered not only my name, but remembered the team's I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, you guys should come check it out. You know, come see all the new skaters. And just that feeling of people remembering you or making comments like, oh, we can't wait to say, you know, see these people play or coming up to a game. Oh, you know, good luck tonight. You know, can't wait to see you skate. That's a good feeling that they remember you. That, you know, they're there, like you had said. They're taking that night off to come see you. They're, you know, giving money to come see you. And we do it for free. We do it while we're sick, while we're hurt, while we're tired. And we're not getting millions of dollars for it. We do it for a different reason. So it's just, it's it's good for us. And just, like I'm sure you're going to get into it, a lot of us have different reasons of why we play roller derby, of why we play sports. You know, and just that feeling of um, someone appreciating what you do I think drives people to be better. Yeah. And that's what keeps you coming back. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in it. I have, now I have a grandbaby on the way. So now I'm really in it because I have a little girl. I'm going to have to teach how to skate. Thank teach you. her all the teach her. All, she's going to have tons of aunties and uncles. She's going to right. Yeah. So everyone better watch out. Cause yep. she's going to turn 14 she's getting and... raised by the community. <laughs> Hey, I just played in a tournament last weekend where we all got whooped up on some by some aged up junior skaters. So yeah, I think I saw a clip the, of one of them there. taking out a skater, and almost, yeah. that one almost went over the rail. Yeah, lightning I, the queen taking out queen sweet feet. Got sweet feet on the rail. <laughs> I don't. I, we don't know where he was jumping. I to. honestly <laughs> think he was just trying to jump out of the arena because uh, yeah, that was going to be it. And those kids were taking everybody to task. By the way, they're not they're not juniors anymore. They're we're saying up. kids, but like you they're know. all adults. But like I used to get my ass handed to me by those kids by those adults now but when they were like children all the time well like every time there was a co-ed mixer open gender mixer um yeah they would hand me my ass all the time as little kids and that's yeah the next generations of roller derby are gonna be awesome and i'm glad you get to be helping that along oh yeah i i can't wait i can't wait and you know it's such a good feeling to watch skaters come in that are 14 15 can't really skate and then they you know they keep practicing and keep progressing and 
after, you know, they kind of get their rhythm of where they should be, what it should be like, they turn into these amazing, phenomenal skaters. And some, like, we have some skaters on the league now that joined when they were 14 and now are 22 or so, and they're phenomenal. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I feel like I was like a kind of like a second, third mom to them, watching them grow in the sport to where, you know, when they were 14, I'm like, oh, I can't hit them. You know, like, I have kids the same age as them. And now they're women that are kicking our butts. <laughs> that yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. You know, you and, and that's like how Master had said earlier that age is just a number. We have league members that are in their 50s and are amazing, amazing. Like, I'm like, I want to be like them. Just their strength and their motivation to still skate and still be active is, is it's inspiring. When you were early along on this roller derby journey, who were some of your biggest inspirations out on the track? And if they're still out there today with you, go ahead and shout them out. Shout them out anyways. Um, I mean, I, you know, I ran into a lot of girls and I always looked up to a lot of the skaters. Obviously, I mean, Harmony, I still skate with her now. I'm always like, I want to skate like you, Guns and Moses. Um, Patty Slammies, but she goes by Panda now. I just always, I watched these skaters and I would be like, I want to skate like them. I want to, you know, but then I forgot who had told me is that don't compare yourself to other skaters because we're all individuals and we all skate different. Mm -hmm. You need to find how you skate. You might want to skate similar to somebody and, you know, but as your own person, you're always going to skate different than the person standing next to you. You know? Yeah. So, but I've, I've met some phenomenal people in Derby over the last decade and I watch videos and I'm just like blown away at what certain skaters can do. I mean, there's still things that I can't do, like the side skate. My hips just don't want to, <laughs> right? just don't want to do that. No. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just, but I watch people and I'm just blown away by how people are. Yeah, cause I see a lot of I see a lot of like backwards blocking and shit over the over the past like several years. That's been like a thing in roller derby, and I'm like, I really can't do that. I'm a forward facing blocker. Um, I'll be part of your triangle, but I ain't gonna be a backwards person. Like, uh, uh-uh. uh, don't it's, expect it, that out of me. Yeah, and that's you know. Um... Even with skating, as long as I have. I still can't really skate backwards that well. I've been playing for 13 years. I could skate backwards, but I am I can do backwards crossovers, but they are not perfect. <laughs> but then I see these people that skate just as fast forward as they do backwards. Like and I'm Fury. like, oh, I'm like, so frustrating. I'm like, how do you do that? I want to do that. It's like a thing they do with their legs. It's like this crazy thing. Like every, every backward skater does like, I'm like, how? they're like running, but in reverse. Yeah. I'm I like, don't, how it do doesn't, you do that? I can do some backward crossovers, but I can't, I don't know. But they, no, they, it's, it's so smooth. Yeah. I'm like, how do you do that? There used to be a male skater. You pitch it. Yes. And I want to say he actually skated faster backwards than he did forwards. And I was just like, <coughs> how does he do that? And I'd be like watching, just amazed, like, how do you get your feet to do that? 
I can't get my feet to do that. I want my feet to do that, you know? So, but it's just, I always try to watch everybody um, skate and just kind of try to pick up different things. But there are definitely things that I still want to improve on as a skater and, you know, being able to do. I mean, one day, there might be one day, maybe when I'm 90, that I'll retire. Um, But there's still so many goals that I have that I want to, you know, reach in Derby with skill-wise. And so I always just try to learn from everybody and ask questions like, how do you do that? Can you show me? Yeah, show me that. So uh, Dozer is joining us for our Sober Series. Um, Being a part of this community, uh, part of my reasoning of getting sober was – I didn't want to. See, I didn't want my friends and family to see me like that anymore. This this community that I'm a part of and shit. Cause I used to get real asinine bit when I was when I was drinking, and that shit sucked for people to see me like that. And I realize that now. So, what was part of your decision to quit drinking? Um, I wanted to get healthier. I wanted to feel more clear. I wanted to lose weight. Um, I just really started thinking like, you know, I'd have a stressful day at work and I'd come home and be like, Oh, I need to have a drink. But then one drink would turn into two drinks and then three drinks. And then it was getting to the point where it was like, Oh, you could have six, you know, Michelob ultras. And you're just like, man, it's nothing. It, it was like water. And then it went, we went out with some friends and had, you know, to the casinos and we're just partying all day night. And then I felt horrible the next day and I'm like, what am I doing? And I, I didn't want to feel like that. And then literally that day I said, I'm not drinking anymore. Right and on. I never, never picked, I haven't picked up a drink. Sit what? So two and a half years now. Good for you. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's similar story for me too. Um, uh, was your drinking habit like every day? Was like an everyday like heavy thing? Was it okay? What I'm getting at is because to quit cold turkey off of drinking like that, if you got like the shakes, if you if you're like really that bad into it, that's like the worst fucking thing you can do. Um, I wasn't that bad. Um, I assume you weren't. Um, no, I never I never had any type of withdrawal or seizures or shakes or sweats or anything mine was you know I work I work a really stressful job I work at the hospital and so nighttime binge drinking more or less it was it was more of like that was my I thought you know that was my way of relaxing was to have a was to have a drink let let me have uh you know a couple beers and stuff but then on nights when we were hanging out with friends and stuff it was just it was more than I needed to. And when the I re- social situation, yeah, the audience. Ab- yeah, absolutely. And then once I really started focusing on my health and my weight, I was like, I really want to get in shape. I really started realizing I want to be here for my kids. I want to be here for grandkids, great grandkids. Yeah. And for me to do that is I needed to make a change in my life for the positive. And that was cutting out a lot of things and alcohol was going to be one of them. And as soon as I dropped alcohol and, you know, breads and pastas and lots of processed stuff, I started seeing a change in my body, how I was feeling my mind, you know, I felt more clear. And then I was like, this is the only way. And I was like, I'm not no more. I'm not drinking. 
And even even with like sometimes you know our friends are like, oh, I have a drink. It's it's not worth it. I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to feel, you know, how I used to feel. Like I used to feel sluggish and no energy, and and now I just feel so much better. Yeah. Did you? Because you know I will. Uh, you know I'll the first the first thing about having a problem is admitting that you've had a problem and shit because i was a full-blown alcoholic so if i voluntarily drink my brain will be like yep i know what this is would you would you feel the same way or would were you never like had an alcohol an issue issue with alcohol in a way to where it was destroying your relationships and stuff no no i think mine was you know again i have four kids work a busy job it's just it was a social thing, like just having drinks and having fun. And it just, I mean, but technically what do they consider? You can have one to two drinks a week and you're considered an alcoholic. Yeah. You know? I, mean, I mean, those statistics, that's what yeah, they say. That's what they say. I mean, now necessarily, I mean, I would go days, I could go days without a drink and stuff, but when I would go out with friends and stuff, that's when it was like, you know, because everyone's like, oh, let's have a drink. Let's have a drink. And I don't do hard alcohol or shots because, honestly, I would throw up. Yeah. Um, it was more a beer, but it was too many beers. It wasn't just, oh, we're going to have wine. It's, oh, let's have fun all night and just drink beer until it's time for bed. Yeah. You know? Yep, because it was when I stopped going out because I'm of a certain age of... uh drinking alone that's when you really become an alcoholic you know what i mean remember those psas and shit that were on tv mm. um they were they were like a part of the um your brain on drugs commercials like those kind of psas back in the day that would run like all summer when like all of us kids with like two working parents we'd all be home like watching each other those kind of days if uh you were ever a part of those you know what i'm talking about um but i when I stopped going out, when it stopped being a social situation for me, that's when I think I fully caught the disease because it was there was no more theater to do for me. Football in that kind of gas was long gone. So getting that applause and it was, you know, again, the opportunity to perform for people like, OK, cool. People like me doing this. But then it was like, OK, well, I can just do this at home. Right. You know, and then that's when it that's when it finally fully got me when I was doing it at home. And then, you know, shit started really going downhill because it wasn't no longer a fun thing for me. And then I, you know, drink too much in that social situation. Shit get weird, dude. Shit would get weird. And uh, it wasn't like how it was before, you know, so I, it was like, you know, this isn't the image I want to portray is my kids get older either. You know, I, I'm, I'm a whole different person this way and right. it kind of sucks because it's, it's, like I said, it was the acceptable thing of, oh, I can just do this by myself. And then I would always think about that when I'd be sitting there drinking alone and, you know, after work because that's what it was it was every day after work blah blah blah. i work hard so i can fucking drink these beers and blah, blah, blah and so on and so forth all that fucking excuses being made enabling excuses in a way and uh whatnot so <clears throat> yeah like that's that's what it was uh, it was never me going out 
I mean, like, I think it would be almost a little bit better, like, like in a way, if it was that kind of situation, other than like it was ruining my life in like other than like just my health, like everything about <laughs> my aspect of living, this was ruining, you know, so, but yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, I teach a new hire class at my job. And one of the, the, um, things that I go over on graduation day is resiliency. Um, because we're one, we're in EMS and then two, we're also in behavioral health and how that looks that slippery slope as far as you had like a really rough day dealing with some really challenging patients and so you go home and have a couple beers to unwind and then the next day your day might not be so bad but you remembered like that helped you relax and sleep well and all that kind of stuff and then before you know it it's just just a habit yeah one one turns into uh, two, two turns into I'm on a roll, and I'm on a roll turns into I'm out of control. And I, and I think with, with that, like we had said, is, yeah, you, we work in the medical field. It's stressful. Life is stressful. And, um, you know, when I decided to quit, we were in the middle of a pandemic. Things were extremely stressful if you were working in the medical field, especially in a hospital setting, is because we were up against something that they didn't know what it was capable of. And just the stress of watching people die and, you know, in the setting, working 70 hours in a week, um, it was like, yeah, you come home, you're like, oh, I need a drink. And you would crack, you know, crack a beer open. And then that's gone in two seconds. And then you're grabbing another. And it came to where it was just like you were drinking water. And then it's like, what am I doing? It's like midnight on a work night. Why am I still up? Like, why, why am I, why am I doing this? It's like I'm going to work drunk again. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, I never missed work from yeah, drinking yeah, or anything. I just think, I just think mine was just like... Eh, you know, and I think it was more of when we went out of not necessarily like you're having fun and your friends are like, oh, you know, and you just don't really have that limit. You just you just keep drinking. And um, and I mean, I, I know that I knew better and stuff because back in uh, 2005, I actually got an intent to drive extreme DUI. My car was stuck in the mud and I was out with friends and they were trying to push it out of the, like rocket out of the mud. So I was moving the steering wheel and an officer stopped. And even though I wasn't driving, I was sitting in the driver's seat and the keys were in the ignition yep. and I was arrested and put in the back seat of a cop car. And, um, I blew double, the legal limit. And even though I wasn't driving, I still got an extreme DUI and I, I was going to ask if you ever And I had to do one night in Scottsdale jail <coughs> and I had to do 10 days in Tent City, which is not, I mean, they don't have it anymore, but I I would never ever go back again. That was probably one of the worst experiences that I ever had to go through. Um, I mean, not only is it expensive, the toll it put on my family and my daughter and 
you know, having, I had to do alcohol classes. I had to go to MAD. Uh, I had to pay a lot of fines. And I think one of the things that I was always like, I'm never going to drink and drive. Like, that's not me, is watching during MAD, which is Mothers Against Drunk Driving, watching these moms talk about how their child's life was taken because of someone who was intoxicated behind the wheel and being a mom at the time watching the hurt when you know in their faces and in their eyes I could feel it and I'm like I don't want to be like that I would never forgive myself if I hurt someone else's you know family member or kid because of that and so that's I mean but even getting that in 2005, I still wanted to have fun. I still wanted to party with my friends. I think part of me was I had a kid at 19. So I missed out on 19, yeah. 20, 21, 22. You know, I missed out on those fun years when you get to party and have fun. So I think that once, you know, the oldest got older and the, the kids got older, it was just like, uh, my kids know how to, you know, at night. They'd go in the rooms and stuff. So, yeah, you'd sit back and relax. But then once I saw what the alcohol was doing to my health is when it really was like, okay, I need to make a change. If not, who knows where I would be health-wise. Yeah, fuck yeah. Same. Same here. Uh, it's it's something. Because it's... Especially like drinking beer and shit too. Um, that's just something that'll fucking really wreck your body. Um, over many years mm. of using it, like when the campus cop told me when I was like nineteen, they he said you have a, the profile of a middle aged man. That was fucking rough. Yeah, cause I had like a beer belly, like fucking Dal Gribble and shit, like that. Like, I was skinny cat with, like, a fucking beer belly like that. It was nuts, dude. And I was, like, 19 to 20 years old. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad that I was able to, you know, like, come back a little bit from that and not, like, have, like, a weird, weird, like, distended belly in a way. Like, I don't know. Like, my mom's, like, skinny lady, and so is, like, my uncle JR, and I take after, like, my mom's side of the family, so shout out to that. Um... But yeah, I'm yeah, fucking drink a beer, wreck your shit. Fucking wreck you. Yeah, especially in the stomach region. Yeah. Absolutely. It just all sits there and goes nowhere. And like yeah, like Michelob Ultra and all that shit, that all that shit's a lie. Shouldn't it drink? It's not it's not good for you. Um <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, awful. it's it's really not. I think to, you know, when I transferred to the hospital, when I really saw a patient that had cirrhosis and that their skin matched my yellow highlighter oh, mate. i was like nope i said uh-uh i said oh and the more that i was doing bedside stuff and seeing patients i was like oh my gosh i said look at the years of you know damage their body is going through from alcohol i said i don't want that yeah. I want I want to live another 50 years and ex still, you know, explore life and 
travel the world and play music and skate and jump out of planes and do whatever. And in order for me to do that, I need to stay on a healthy path. Yeah, everybody... Everybody on, like, my dad's side of the family and shit were, like, crazy alcoholics, too. Like, I think it was, like, my dad's uncle Bobby or something. They all kind of had, like, the same name and shit, but they all fucking, they all, they all drink and whatever. Um, but he was telling me when he was a kid, his, uh, his, like, uncle or something had, like, cirrhosis and, like, his stomach and shit, like, swelled up like a fucking beach ball. And, like, drinking made him crazy, too. It, like, made him even more nuts. Because, like, everybody back in those days was fucking nuts. Like, the stories from my dad's side of the family are like, what, dude, you fucking people are out of this world. If I can have a time machine and go back and just be a fly on the wall and some of these stories you're telling me, I would fucking absolutely love it. But, yeah, like, drinking made him, like, super crazy. And, like, even knowing that, like... I always, my parents used to tease me, like, I'm going to tell Nana you're drinking beer and all this other shit, but, like, I don't know, it was, like, such, like, an available thing, I don't know, it's, like, such a weird, weird thing, like, I did it, and I always think, I encourage my daughters, like, you know, don't do that, because everybody on my side of the family and shit, it's got the disease, really, you know, like, my sister... I don't know, like, what she's been up to, but my brother, he got a couple extremes and whatever, and, like, my dad used to drink heavy, and, like, everybody really in his family, and then, you know, shout out to uh, Jade's Jade's uh, mom, her mom and dad, you know, they, they've been sober for a while, but fucking her, her, Jade's grandfather had a fucking heart attack and shit, like, they used to drink pretty, pretty heavy again, like, it was the attitude of, like, that old school kind of, I work hard during the week. I can, you know, fucking drink quite a bit on the weekend, you yeah. know, that kind of attitude. And, like, a lot of us have that that come from, like, working families and stuff. And it's real easy to catch it, catch that disease like that. Um, But, yeah, like, that's really awesome that you were able to say enough is enough and you're going to be here for quite some time because... You are a favorite of myself and Master, and I really appreciate you making these choices to be with us. And so many people look up to you because, again, it, it was like, it was, um, I don't want people that I care about to see me act like this anymore, you know? Because, like, again, like, my story is, like, a little a little bit different than others, and we all have, like, different stories, but... You know, just the longevity of being an authentic person to my loved ones and everybody else around me and treating them fairly and not not drinking is like something awesome. And it's great that you've made that choice. You know, and the thing, too, is so that night that I got arrested, um, I, you know, the guys that were with me, they were like, no, she wasn't driving. And he's like, I'm sorry. He said, just, you know, he doesn't know. Cause what if I was driving and he let me go and I caused an accident? Yep. Um, he said he, you know, he had me handcuffed and he took the handcuffs off and he said, you don't need these. And he said, why? He asked me, he said, why would you drink this much? And I told him, 
I said, I found out my dad's going to die in six months. And I said, you know, and that's not an excuse to drink that much. But to me, I was 23 years old. And um, sorry, <laughs> to know that someone that your parent is going to die, you know, for my, so for me to cope for that, it was like, oh, I'm going to go drink until I can't remember because that was my way at that time of, I guess, it's like coping. It's like, what do you do? You know, so, but even now it's like, there's been deaths with friends, family members. You have to find another way to cope with stress. I love crafting, crafting and music and skating. And those are my ways. Like, I don't even think about alcohol anymore. My husband has a couple drinks, you know, on the week and it doesn't bother me. It's, I'm totally fine with it. I can go to places with friends and... They're having whatever it's, I'm totally okay, you know, to where some people ask, do you crave it? I don't actually. I said, actually kind of the smells. Sometimes yeah. I'm like, Ooh, that stinks. I'm like, Ugh. or I see pictures of going out with friends that they take when you're totally just, Oh, you know? And I'm like, ew. I'm like, look at that picture. Who the fuck was I'm that? like, gross. I'm like, look at my two chins. I'm all sweaty, you know? And I'm like, ew, I look like a mess. I'm like... Shit, yeah. remember that Remember that fucking after party at the Hollywood Alley when uh, I was like, I think I drank like two fucking pitchers of beer. <clears throat> That's when we all had our... A couple of us had our skates on. This was when I was still refing with the roller girls. And... uh I fucking fell down so many times. I was so drunk, and I see pictures from that night, and I'm like, "Who the fuck is that person?" It is. It, it is. You almost you almost look back, and you're like, "What did I do?" <coughs> or you don't remember that you did something, and your friends tell you the following day, and you're like, "I don't remember," and you're like, "Anything could have happened." anything could have happened. I could have put myself in danger. I could have put my friends in danger by any situation. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't remember, you know? And it's just, I think all of that stuff leading up. The pictures are what bothered me the most is because my friends would be like, you and I'm like, ew. I'm like, I don't want my kids to see that. Yeah. I don't want my kids to see their mom. I'm a mom. I'm like, I don't want them to see that. I don't want to be, you know, and then too, you know, it's, uh, you know, you ask your kid, oh, or someone's like, you know, they fill out those little surveys at school, like, what's your, what's your mommy's favorite drink? Or what's daddy's favorite drink? Beer. I'm like, oh, I don't want my kid to say that. Yeah. I don't want them to go to school and be like, yeah, my, my mom drinks Michelob Ultra. You know, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I don't want them to say that. What does mommy do at night? Oh, drinks beer. My dad likes anything with caffeine in it, you know, like something like that. That's a little bit more positive than uh, my dad likes Mickey's malt liquor, you know. It's just, it's, the change needed to happen. I want to, you know, be a super, I mean, I'm a good role model for my kids, but I want it to be an even better role model for them. I wanted them to show that, you know, you can still have fun in life without alcohol. Absolutely, because... Again, for me, it was that social situation, being around other people, and I found out that I can do the same thing with a fucking glass of water. Mm -hmm. My elbow's bent still, and I'm socializing. It's not a big deal. You know, I don't, I don't need to 
I don't need this beer to have fun. I was outgoing as fuck before this. You know what I mean? Like, what is the deal? Why do I feel that I need this to be outgoing or being a social situation? You know, but again, it was that. It was that applause for me. It was that, you know, I get to kind of act like a clown and kind of in from what I thought people were enjoying it. You know what I mean? But that really oftentimes wasn't the case. Um, I remember, you know, like I remember a lot of stuff because I wasn't a blackout drunk. That was that was like the thing for me. I never got like blacked out. So I remember all the asinine shit I did for the most part, except for this one night I was supposed to be doing some uh photography work for my friends at uh, I think it was like the big fish pub at the time and I at those times I was able to drink quite a bit in one sitting especially in a social setting and I think that at that time I was I was drugged because that was the first time I've ever blacked out from alcohol and I don't remember getting on stage with my friends, not taking any pictures, falling down outside. <coughs> None of it. Um, I remember kind of coming to inside of the cab on McClintock and like Rio Salado and asking this cab driver, I didn't know where I was. I was like, where am I? Where are you taking me? Who are you? I kind of wish, like, at that time, like, in retrospect, that was, like, kind of enough is enough moment for me. But I was still young, you know? Like, it was still fucking party days for me and um, whatnot. Because even, you know, joining roller derby and shit, that was still, like, the party days, you know, mm -hmm. back in, you know, the times and what have you, like, when we got into it. And I didn't get sober until, like, two years into that. Um, I don't know if you remember the... It was a... Roller Girls Party actually was the like the night before and I got like way drunk on hams and just left in like left Rhea. It was like uh, it was in some industrial park or area or whatever, but it was around this time um, hmm. and I really felt like leaving her there, not like there, but like I was just off. You know, like talking to other people and shit and wasn't there with my partner hanging out, you know, like on a date, you mm -hmm. know, so it was disappointing for her. And that's when I was like, oh, this is it. This fucking sucks. Other people are affected by my behavior and it's fucking shitty. And that's it, like it was probably, you know, years before that, too, because, you know, fucking drinking caused like probably fucking a lot of shit not to work out for me in the past but in retrospect hell i'm doing a lot that it didn't so because master's here and stuff so master's awesome and i got all this and you know i think too though is that i stay so busy in my life that i don't even think about grabbing a drink i have to remind myself drink water 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 you know just because uh, but I think the night before I quit, we went out with some friends and literally started, we went to the casino and stayed at what the hotel and we started drinking, I think at like 
noon. And by the time my husband had joined us at, you know, after work at six o'clock, we were like, we, we should have been done then. But then we hung out and hung out and hung out and we're at the casino and I was doing shots and I don't do liquor. So when I'm doing a shot, you know, I probably have had too much drink. And I think what really got me was the next day. Well, one, I got lost in the casino, I guess. I don't remember. But the next day, I guess I had been texting my oldest, like, hey, make sure you lock the house up, watch your siblings. I don't remember texting her. And she's like, mom, are you okay? And I'm Mm. like, this is not. And then I was like, when I had woken up the next day, I told Robert, this isn't who I want to be. I said, I don't remember texting the kids. Like, I don't want to be that example to my 19-year-old or my 17, you know, my 17-year-old and my 15-year-olds or 14, there were 14 maybe, the twins were. I don't want to be this example. Like, what was mom doing? Yeah. You know, I don't want to set that example that mom doesn't even remember. Like, you know, because they were like laughing and they're like, how much did you drink last night? I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed that I even allowed myself to drink that much. Try to remember texting my children. And I felt irresponsible because if anything would have happened to my husband, they wouldn't have been able to ask me any medical questions or I couldn't have been an advocate for him. Because I wasn't in the right mindset. Yeah. You know? So, and that's why I literally woke up that morning and I said, I was sitting in the recliner and I said, I am never drinking again. And my husband, he's like, oh, well, you know, you'll have one tonight. And I'm like, nope, I'm done. And he still is like, I cannot believe. He's like, it's been two and a half. He's like, you know, because still we go out and friends will be like, do you want a shot? No. And they're like, come on, one sip. Nope. No, thank you. I mean, even I've had friends be like, oh, this is not alcohol. Nope. Still Nothing. alcohol in it. I said, absolutely not. I said, I, you know, um, I had a skater give me some chocolates at Christmas and they're little, they were full. Yeah. Of, the liqueur is a rubber. Nope. Didn't even eat the chocolates. And even though I appreciated the, the gesture and the gift, you know, I gave them to my husband, but, and cause they were like, we're not sure if you can do this. And I said, no. I said nothing. No, so. no. Yeah, same. For sure. So over the past few years, making the best choice of your life, what are some things, maybe businesses that you've started, uh, positive things that has happened over the past couple of years? Let's get into a few um, of those. So uh, I no longer have to take cholesterol medicine because I was able, my cholesterol was like almost triple what it was, and just by cutting out alcohol and changing my diet, I was able to bring, I think my cholesterol was like at a 320 down to like a 140. Um, I'm no longer pre-diabetic. I've lost almost 50 pounds. Um, my husband and I started an entertainment business, which is Turn Up Easy Entertainment. Uh, you know, so, because I love music, and he had got me turntables, and then he you know, had a liking to them and kind of took them over. But we were like, you know, let's do something. And that's something that we get to do together that, you know, that's fun for us. We get to listen to music every day and dance and make other people happy, you know, and make memories together. And I think too, like you had said, 
when people are like, oh, let's go dance. And they're like, oh, I, I can't. I'm too nervous. I need a drink. Not me. I love dance. I'll dance all day long. I don't need anything in my system to get out there. I'll, I mean, I was dancing to Pony after an award ceremony <laughs> last week doing a special dance. That, like, I don't know. I'm fine. I just like to dance. I think dancing creates uh, happy endorphins. And I, I love dancing around my house and, you know, try to get my kids to dance. And I said, it's, it's good to have something that you can do. I can listen to music all day long and just, you know, be happy. So I don't, you know, I don't need alcohol or anything to make me dance because I'm usually always just dancing in my house. But yeah, but so, I mean, I think the, the getting my health better, losing weight, creating something with my husband that we can do together for as long, you know, as we can. It's, that's, that's what makes me happy. Fuck yeah, because I know, I know for a fucking fact, I wouldn't have any of this shit, any of this, if I continued down that road. None of it. I wouldn't have a relationship with my daughter either. And um, I'm glad that I was able to stop when, when my kids were little because my issue would have bled into ruining that relationship with my oldest daughter as uh, she got older. Um, so... Yeah, I'm fucking, I'm really glad that I have these things. I have Meowder Limits Productions. I have Master. I have my home. All of that. Over over the past, like, 11 years as of today of uh, making that choice. So, um, what are some of your upcoming goals for this new year as far as personal or roller derby is concerned? Um, so I'm still trying to lose another 30 pounds and tone up and get in even better shape, uh, physically, mentally, just putting myself in a different, you know, I want to move up another tier. Uh, I want to compete in a powerlifting competition with one of my fellow, uh, league mates. Shout him out. (laughs) Lucifer. Yeah. Um, so that's a goal that I have and she is such a huge motivator in, in that area. And there's other skaters that are willing to help like nutritional, you know, helping meal prep and getting me to a place to where ultimately, I mean, my goal is to get in better shape, to lose some more weight and this might be TMI, but I did have twins, um, and I have a lot of extra skin. I would love nothing more than to all my excess skin on my stomach, which has to be at least 10 to 15 pounds, can, they can take it off. I think physically, mentally, that would put me in a better place because as a woman, having this much extra skin to tuck into your pants, to carry around is very depressing. It takes a toll on your body. And I think if I really want to advance my skating skills, I need to get rid of the excess skin. It, I, I think it personally holds me back in certain areas, you know, because I'm very self-conscious about it. I like in pictures and, you know, wrapping it during games because I don't want it to flop out anywhere in case, you know, if someone takes me down, it's on. And I mean, my focus isn't let me cover my belly. Yeah. I need to make sure that stuff's tucked in, you know, so... 
it's just, I mean, there's lots of goals I still want to do. I want to see the league grow even more. Um, I don't know. It's just, there's so many goals. I have so many things written down that I want to do personally and with Derby, with my own life. I have a new experience. Like I said, I'm going to be a grandma. You know, that's going to be a whole new experience because I haven't had a baby in the house in 16 years. So having a little one in the house, I think, is going to drive me even more to really want to hit all those goals because I'm going to be a Grammy, you know, and I want her to be like, heck, yeah, my grandma's badass. You know, I want her to have the best life and to show her so she can share with all her friends and then one day her kid's like, hey, look at what grandma and grandpa did. Look at the difference that they made. And I think with Arizona Roller Girls, Phoenix Derby, our goals and our missions are very similar. We have skaters that are in recovery that probably either came from like domestic situations that were there to help them grow as people and to watch someone that has either came out of recovery or you know is in recovery or coming out of a domestic relationship blossom into someone you're to me it's like I kind of had a part in that I helped make a difference and to continually support them down these paths it makes me feel you know like I I made a difference in someone's life. I mean, at the hospital, I work in case management, so I'm kind of used to that. But these are people I'm probably never going to see again to where my fellow skaters, these are people that I get to see every week. And their goals make me so proud because I'm like, I'm proud of them. And to like actually like have someone hug you and be like, thanks for always being there. Thanks for always, you know, helping me. I'm always like makes me feel good. I'm like, I got to stay on a straight path. And I'm the way I am, I think, because of the lot, a lot, because of my league, because of, you know, you guys and other leagues, it's going through what I've gone through in the last decade has made me the way I am. And I, that's what makes me, it's okay if I love doing Derby 24 seven, like people are always like, let me help. I, I enjoy doing it. This is, it keeps me focused. You know, I stay busy because I like to stay busy, so. Yeah, because you know, keeping keeping busy and having that having that outlet, that positive outlet, um, especially in in cases where you may be in recovery or you just had that enough is enough moment, is just something to keep you busy. Because, um, like like I said, in my case, theater went away, sports went away for me. And with roller derby, I got to experience that all again. <clears throat> and um, having that sports angle and then that performance angle of it too. Because, you know, yes, uh, USAR's roller derby and like the, the, the style of roller derby I'm used to is more of like a serious, a serious level to it. But it's that character that I get to be too. Like how I mentioned earlier, how we were talking about, you get to be somebody else. And um, I get to fully be that person and, you know, not fucking want to drink. Mm -hmm. And I get to, got to fully develop that even more and become a better athlete because being an alcoholic was fucking easy. 
being a better athlete, that was the challenge. That's what I wanted back. Personally, I wanted that back. I wanted to go bang around. I wanted to fucking hit, be hit, um, get that gas from the coach, you know, hear that excitement from the crowd, whether, like I said, when I would get it, get that during scenes in theater, um, when that curtain would fucking open, this or that, you know, or like it would close and then we would come back out and do that final curtain call shit. That was it for me, the applause. And I get that fully with this this experience in roller derby. And I'm glad that it's kind of helped. It's really helped me along um, to take that angle um, to be like I get to be an athlete again and not be a fucking loser alcoholic. Because, you know, like, it was a lot of self, a lot of, like, negative self-reflection to what led me more into drinking as well was I didn't like that person I saw in the mirror every day anymore. So it was, like, hard and harder and harder to look at. And uh, that's where, like, it really changes, like, that fucking Michael Jackson song, The Man in the Mirror. Fucking all these problems in the world, but it's got to start with you first. Got to start with that man you see or that person you see in that mirror. It's not going to fucking, all that other shit, not going to help. You got to start with you. You know, uh, drinking's expensive, too. Yeah. Like, you stop at the store every day, every other day, you buy a 12-pack or something. But if you're able to drink five drinks in a night, you know, it was, I noticed, too, like, once I completely stopped, like, I was like, oh, I'm saving money. You know, like, because it... It's just, it, it's an expensive habit. Yeah, that two for five tall can adds up every it, day. It's like, you know, sure I was does. like, oh, like, I want this or I want that. You know, you take that money that you were spending on, on alcohol and you put it towards something something else. You know, like, oh, I want a new pair of skates or I really want that button press and stuff. So you kind of have to be like, you know, way out. You're like, well... It's like, uh, I'm like, I want to save money and get healthier and I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I mean, like when it comes to, when it comes to like spending money on shit, I'm not spending it like on booze anymore or like beer and shit like that. But again, like it's skate wheels or it's something that I could use to perfect my craft or like in this case, since now I have like a partner in a, in a a marriage and stuff we have a skate ramp our house like all of that stuff our business outer limits productions like all of that shit like wouldn't be possible if i still had that habit you know like even if i was still able to maintain relationships it's just still expensive mm-hmm. you know like it's still fucking pricey as fuck and uh what have you so master you got anything I think you guys covered a lot. Okay. Yeah. And one thing I did want to add, Boogie, is um, both of us share something. Uh, We both went through injuries during our careers in Derby. Yours was a little more intense than mine. Um, And you were still in your sobriety when you broke your leg. I, I mean, I had broke my leg in 2017 or my ankle. But stopped drinking in 21. When I was hurt, that was one of the most depressing times because you go from being active and being needed 
and then you get injured and all of a sudden you find out who your real friends are, who the people that said they would always be there for you are because now you're not able to do stuff for others and you're down a limb. Yeah. That you're down a limb and it's horrible not to be able to get in the shower by yourself. You have to have people. Mine was my right leg. Drive you around. Can't stand and cook. You need help getting up the stairs. You, you know, so I think when I was first hurt, I did. I was like, I need a drink. I need a drink because it was depressing. It was depressing to completely feel like you were in, in, uh, invisible to some, you know, because it's like, oh, all of a sudden I'm hurt and now I'm nothing, you know. So it's – but then I remember at a game I was sitting there at the announcer's table and this fan came up and they gave me a high five and they're like, Dozer, you're not geared up, you're not playing tonight. They didn't see my leg was up. And I said, oh, I said I'm out for the season. I said I broke my ankle. And they were like, what? And they were just like, no way. And I said, yeah, I said I – you know, I snapped it and I tore all my, my ligament to my ankle. So I'm going to be out for a while. Um, and they're just like, oh, you know, it was depressing though. It- yeah. I mean, I broke, when I broke my ankle, this was way before I fucking started playing roller derby though. But I drank a lot during that time. Cause I wasn't at work. Um, I was going through a rough time, <clears throat> With uh, my oldest daughter's mom, because we were kids when we had her, you know, when we had uh, Jade. So there was a lot of turmoil and stuff, you know, fucking young relationships, whatever, kids involved, so on and so forth. So, like, a lot of that, you know, that's when I did, like, a lot of really reckless shit during that time. Like, when my ankle got better and I was able to operate my motorcycle and shit like that. Like, I did a lot of reckless stuff because... I wasn't able to have that relationship with with Jade and I mean I look back on it now and I'm like would I have drank that much if she was in my life at that time if I wasn't going through this hardship and you know drowning it by drinking alcohol all the time and then doing reckless stuff like riding around on my motorcycle like real drunk and having that mindset of you know I don't really have much to live for right now when um I kind of really did and you know you know I really did but yeah doing that really reckless shit like riding my motorcycle because it was to me it was the chances of me killing somebody else on this bike are lower than it would be if I was in a car. I'm probably going to kill myself other than like running, you know, a fucking car into somebody else's car, you know? So like that was really a part of, I don't know, my fucking drunk reasoning of fucking operating that motorcycle like being that drunk i don't know it's it's wild when i think about it like this fucking crazy shit like 150 miles an hour on the 101 coming home at like two in the morning and stuff like yeah it was fucking nuts and And like like i said when i broke my ankle that's when it like really turned up then in my early in my mid-20s 
more or less, like thereabouts, somewhere. It was Jade was born in 2004, like 2005, thereabouts, six, seven, like eight. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, everything was a, a time to, to have drinks. I mean, it was party time all the time, you know, like fucking whatever. But yeah. I, I just think, though, I mean, I always remind the girls, too, in the league that if they're having, if they need someone, I always let them know that I'm available 24-7. Yeah, fuck yeah. They can call me in the middle of the night. I will answer the phone. Just, I said, if I don't answer it, call again. My, my ringer is always on. If they need someone or they're feeling like they might relapse or anything, they can call me because I'm going to, I'm not going to ever put any of my skaters or any of my friends or family in a situation to where it might tempt them to do anything, you know, tempt them to do anything. I'll tell them, come to my house. Let's mix music. Let's dance. I need help with crafting. Like we'll stay busy. That's why I am always busy is just because if I'm busy, then I'm not getting in trouble with anything. Yeah. Cause that's, that's a big thing too. In um, cause I never, like, I never did the, the recovery thing like the community or none of that you know like you know i just stopped <clears throat> but keeping yourself busy i guess that's like a big thing like within the uh, sober community because idle hands get you in trouble dude and um you know because a lot of uh over my time of like getting into ultra endurance sports i may have mentioned this before but i met a lot of people who are sober that are ultra distance runners or uh, bicyclists and stuff like that because it's <clears throat> it's ba it's really just swapping one addiction for another at that point but you're you're addicted to something that's fucking not negatively impacting your life you know like if you're addicted to getting up and getting that fucking quote up uh, runners high or that ultra distance high and shit because that's real that's fucking real as fuck you know being somebody who's skated almost like 36 miles and shit before like and most and a lot of like 26 mile distances after about 15 miles you get this euphoric feeling and i understand why a lot of ultra endurance athletes who may have been into certain things like are really into ultra endurance sports i think they channel get it they channeled something yeah like now they're addicted to endurance, mm -hmm. you know, instead of, yeah. Cause I, I being one of them, I get it. <clears throat> and that's why I always, it made me better. I always let the girls know or whoever call me if you need anything. I, and you know, and I'm not one, I will never judge anybody based off of their past of their choices they make. And I've let the girls know again, I'm in the medical field and master can contest to this. I've seen, pictures of things in people's anuses that should not be there and i will not judge them i've yeah. remotes deodorants it's okay whatever that if that's your thing that's your thing but i'm not gonna judge you i'm gonna try to help you like what let's see what let's try to think of a different path you can go on you know and i'm pretty i think i'm a pretty easygoing open-minded person to where if anyone came to me and needed something Okay, let's see what we can do. Let's find some resources. Let's do this. You need a place to stay. You can come to my house. You can shower. I'll feed you. You know, let's hang out. It's like I, when I'm at home, I'm music's on. We're crafting. We're doing something, you know. 
It's... Yeah. Because, you know, like like how you're saying, Master and I have a skate ramp in our backyard. So, like, if you're in recovery and shit and you'd like to get down at the skate park and whatnot, <clears throat> and uh, this is something you might want to do, hit us up. If you're here locally, um, we're always down to uh, skate the ramp. And uh, so, yeah, if you uh, feeling yourself singing a little bit, and uh, you're listening to this, and you want to get in contact with us, let us know. We're always down. we got a pretty mellow ramp out there. It's kind of like the purpose, like one of the purposes, too, because it's a community. It helps, you know, like getting out there and having a mellow skate. Because sometimes a skate park's stressful, especially if you're stinging and uh, you're already stressed. You don't want to go deal with some fucking kook snake in your run. You want to just get out there and fucking glide around, have a good time. And <laughs> it's not always a good time with some scooter fucking asshole <laughs> getting in your mix. You dodging, know? dodging kids. Because, <clears throat> you know, if you take out a kid, you're like, oh, that's stressful. Because now you're like, where are the parents? Yeah. Yeah, like, fuck. I just fucking hip checked this kid that was snaking me and I warned him, but. You know, I kind of purposely just ran into this fuck. I got this gear on. I got to deal with that now. <laughs> oh, I'm, trust me, I've, we've dealt with it um, before. Um, let's get to some more of your shout outs here. Because uh, we're, because you got somewhere to be, don't you? It's yeah. like almost four o'clock. That's okay. I know I did. I mean, I can go over the shout outs again. You know, I. Oh, yeah, over. absolutely. I went um, over them in the. Do uh, it again, yeah, please. Shout okay. out your okay, business. You know, so, We're here to um, put everybody over. You know, Arizona Roller Girls really appreciates, and I always try to make sure that I do shout outs for our guest skaters, for our fans, our family members, our skaters, sponsors, anyone that is involved in the league because they're all part of the success of the league it's not just management doing it it's it's everyone that works with us to make sure it's the production and everything is successful um my husband who actually in the last year and a half or so with the company turn up easy entertainment he has been doing our dj work and he puts in so much work and time to our music and i love it because he knows how much I love Derby. And when he got involved, the time and that he spends on the music, and he's very particular about what he plays, about what, um, what matches, what blends, the setup, the production of all the music, it's, he cares a lot about it. And that's what makes him a good DJ, is that of how much time and dedication he puts into each event that we do. Well, I want to give my own shout out to Robert and Turn Up AZ Entertainment because the past few times since they've been doing shit for the games and I've been recording uh, play-by-play for you guys for the show and for the uh, historical archive that I like, uh, the angle I like bringing to this program, I haven't gotten a lot of bleed over and it's been real nice. The sound mix has been pretty all right up there in the booth, so... Shout out! Thanks to Turn Up AZ Entertainment. And where where can uh, people book? Uh, and they, what kind of stuff do you guys do other than roller derby? So we can do quinceañeras, we can do birthday parties, um, any type of event or celebration, weddings. Uh, we've done private events. We've done 
all different types of, you know, just gathering. We go, we've gone to, um, some skilled nursing facilities and we've done parties for the residents, which was pretty fun to, you know, to see, to see them be able to have a little new year's Eve party and they're dancing to music that they probably haven't heard in who knows when. Nice. Um, we can do any event. We have DJ services. We have a 360 photo booth that can be customized with any background, borders, music that goes with it. If you don't know what a 360 photo booth is, look it up. They're pretty cool. Where can people find you online? Uh, on Facebook, Instagram. All the information's on there. Uh, and it's Turn Up AZ Entertainment. Yep, Turn Up AZ. handle yep. on both or what have you. Say that again. It's a universal handle. Yep. It's a, yeah, TurnupAZ Entertainment. Our Gmail is on there. It's turnupazentertainment at gmail.com. Uh, you know, they can just let us know what kind of services they need and we'll get back to them. Uh, but in, in regards to like sponsors, if you want to sponsor Arizona Roller Girls, you can reach out to infoazrg at gmail.com and we can send you a packet. If, you're on the west side or even on the east side and you want to sponsor my friends at phoenix derby you can also go to their website and be a sponsor same without from under the bed boogie is really big you guys really need to give him a five star review go on to is is it apple uh <clears throat> yeah apple and spotify is the two main places where you can leave a five star review and like a comment on the spotify you can answer the q a questions up there you can engage through that as well all of that kind of shit matters um as far as the algorithms and making it easier for other people to find the show and make sure you guys share the show with your friends um one thing that's really nice is boogie will do a play-by-play at the arizona roller girls games and we do have some fans that are unable to come to the games to watch their loved one play and he makes it possible for them to still feel like they're at the game. And we've gotten really positive feedback in regards to that because they still get to enjoy that moment of hearing what's going on. So thank you for doing that at the bouts because we have some members that can't come to our games and they feel like they're, they're there in spirit. So it is absolutely my pleasure being a kid who grew up listening to the uh, greats like Harry Carey and um, here locally as well. Um, <clears throat> so it's it's my pleasure to uh, do shit like that because I grew up listening to like sports radio and stuff. So it's it's fucking really awesome to give that play by play in that radio feel to um the audience so it's really awesome people are enjoying it yeah it's pretty it's pretty cool um to hear when girls say oh our family members you know they really enjoy that so they you know due to medical reasons they can't be out but you make that possible for them to still feel like they're at the games even though they're physically not there hell yeah um master you uh got any shout outs um i actually wanted to shout out dozer um, because she's such a strong part of the Derby community, does so much um, for her league and our league as well as far as um, helping us, you know, get things done. Um, I 
Every game, like all the volunteers get like a little craft that Dozer has made. And I like, I just want to shout out the amount of work that you do that you make everyone feel so special. That's really what it is. Thank you. I love making them. Yes. (laughs) I do. It's always, it's always, uh, anytime a game is coming up, I'm so excited because I get to go to the craft store, you know, for like an hour or two and scan the aisles of what I get to make next. Yeah. You know, so it's fun and I appreciate you guys so much, like so, so much that you guys, you know, again, you're taking time out of your weekend to come out and help us on top of your own league. Um, but I always appreciate it. I enjoy making them. I want to show you guys that, you know, we appreciate you guys. We love you. And it's not just being like, oh yeah, come do this. It's, I mean, I know I can't pay you guys, but it's my token of being like, thank you for being here. And I mean, I know it's just a little craft, but yeah, I enjoy making them and hopefully it's, you know, it's a token of appreciation. Oh, for sure. If you look around, you'll, you'll see some of them around. Oh, the yeah, outer limits. absolutely. The outer, lim- <laughs> the outer limits is littered with them. <clears throat> we enjoy them yes. a lot. So with that being said, the next time you guys will be able to catch a broadcast or a recording, I should say. See, that that's me being a radio kid again. Uh, a recording of the game for the Arizona Roller Girls will be February 10th. That is Saturday, February 10th. And, uh, yeah, if you're already listening to the show, you're familiar with them and you know where to find them. But if you're here locally and you want to see some live local roller derby in Mesa, you can come out to the Broadway Rec Center. That is located 59 East Broadway in Mesa, Arizona. Come on out. You'll see my lovely wife and co-host doing some gladiator shit. Go Team Teal. Yeah. Ooh, we got a tough <laughs> and, lineup. Uh, I are you going to be playing in that game? Yes. Like, I'm the captain. We're on okay. the same team. Yeah. So you'll be able to uh, to see our friend Dozer get down and do some gladiator shit as well. And on the mic with me that evening, Bachomp is going to be joining me high in the booth at the Broadway Rec Center to be bringing you all of the play by play action. <clears throat> and pops, shout out to you for enjoying these uh episodes that we put out um i absolutely love doing them and the shit point of the program too if it touched one person it's did its job and from what i hear it's touching more than just one person which is awesome the boogeyman is out from under the bed grabbing everybody which i love i love getting everybody on the program and listening to the program uh, upcoming <clears throat> episodes in February, we are having our arts department. That will be Cherry Jane and her husband, George, which is going to be awesome. So let me get to that. Oh, yeah. Other, ooh, other fucking February shit we got going on. <laughs> We're going to be reviewing a movie. It's called Accidental Love. We're going to be doing that, what, on the 25th? We're going to be recording that Sunday the 25th, I believe. So we encourage everybody to go check it out. It's on Tubi and a bunch of other places. You can watch this movie. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Biel. Uh, She plays a roller skating waitress that gets a nail stuck in her head on accident. And it's... (laughs) (laughs) Dozer's face. 
it. Oh my god, it's so fucking ridiculous and funny. So if you're into like ridiculous over the top comedy movies that are satire on how shitty the American healthcare system is at the end of the day, go check it out because we're going to be reviewing it. Um, again, it has roller skating in it in a good portion of it. So we're going to be reporting on this movie because like I said, she's a roller skating diner waitress. That's her character. Mesa Community College actually came out to one of our last practices because their theater production is putting on a play about roller mm-hmm. skating. So they came to our game too. It was yeah. so cool. Yeah, so they they, you know, were so interested and they were like, Wow, you know, and um that's just funny because you see more things coming out with skating and derby and mm-hmm. it's like Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know when this movie was made. It's kind of older, but um, Master and I are going to be doing, you know, movie reviews on anything that has, like, a scene with roller skating in it. Or if it's, like, roller skating adjacent or whatever. New York Ninja, I believe, has a full-on roller skating scene. That movie is hard to find, but I would like to okay, so review that one as well. I would like to request that you guys do a review of Phineas and Ferb. When they did there... roller derby, yes, I remember that episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's we'll, we'll do like we a mix a... where it's like yeah. that and like we'll Family cartoons. Guy where Meg does roller derby because there's a good handful of cartoons, like how Dozer said yeah. over the past like 13 years since I've been a part of the roller derby, and I believe uh, our friend Dozer here has been a part of the community. It's been more and more places. I saw Dora the Explorer episode where she was at a skate park one day in roller skates. Oh, what are the what are those fairies? The um Fairly Odd Parents? Maybe. I think there was a roller derby episode of like Fairly Odd Parents, but there's several handfuls of cartoons, so we're gonna do a like a cartoon montage. Yeah, that's a good idea. We'll, um, we'll but, put that down. <clears throat> we're gonna be doing those, but full on movies that have like roller skating, roller blading. Or vertical sports in them. Like, we kind of do those. The Death Toilet movies. Because uh, those are direct, directly involved in the roller derby community. Because Robin Graves uh, is a part of those. Uh, with Blood and Thunder magazine and clothing line. Her Can husband. Can do Rollerball? Oh, we're absolutely doing the first Rollerball movie. We're going to do the second one, too. Uh, we were just listening to an episode, <laughs> an episode of How Did This Get Made? Um about their take on the recent on like the Chris Klein LL Cool J rollerball movie but we're doing the original one first cuz that movie kicks ass. We're not going to rip on that one. We'll rip on the second one cuz it's fucking stupid as hell. <laughs> but the original one rips. That one rocks. I think we need to do a themed bout where we're dressed like gladiators and we actually do have a ball and oh, somehow that might be, yeah that would be pretty cool um i would be down for that please make that o- an open gender game <clears throat> yeah like the jammer has the ball and you have to try to knock it out and they have to go get the ball before they can get back and play i think i think that's one of my favorite things in derby when people are like so how do you pass the ball and i'm like what ball yeah right yeah you know, it's yeah. like oh there's no ball no and the other do you have spikes no no yeah. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so stay tuned for those uh, bunch of bunch of movies we got sprinkled in there coming up. Uh, if you want to get your tickets, I think they're available already. Possibly, I don't know. Keep an keep an eye out. Follow Arizona Roller Derby 
and their Cactus Cup event. We are going to be back out there. Uh, shit, I didn't write the dates down for it's this. It's like March... 15th through the 17th. Yes. It's March Friday 15th through Sunday the 17th. There's going to yeah. be a lot of fucking cool teams out there. Santa Cruz Roller Derby is going to be back out there. Fucking Woo-hoo. Rose City, I think, is making an appearance. Baja is going to be back, back out. Yeah, so, Rose yeah, City. we encourage everybody to go check out some Wifta Roller Derby and say hi to us over there at the booth. Because on Sunday, if you want to pull up a chair and hang out, you can watch a live interview happen with uh, Joliet Jane from, uh, shit, Texas Roller Derby, the fucking Derby Dames. is From everywhere. across the United from States. From across the United States, we'll have JJ on. I am so pumped about that, too, and, because uh, that's one that's like hard to rope down because there's a lot of action and... They're kind of like a dozer in a way where it's like, I can't yeah, because I accidentally fucked up. And because uh, some of these people like uh, the big O and stuff like that, we scheduled these interviews prior to the new year. So like maybe their schedules and shit didn't come out yet because they travel and what have you with like Denver, the big O plays in Denver and whatnot. So it was circling back and I was like, JJ, here's the deal. This or that. And uh, they were like, I'm going to be there anyway. I'm like, all right, cool. We can just do one at the table. So that'll be like a f- not our first um, quote, unquote, live uh, in in person interview because we had a few at last year's Cactus Cup. But this will be our first full length one with JJ. So, yeah, pull up a chair, hang out. Um, we encourage everybody who walks by unless if we're doing that interview uh, to interrupt us and say hi. Uh, we encourage it. Um, so, yeah. Let me uh, pull this up. Master, you... We don't have any recent reviews or no shit like that. So leave us some reviews on yeah, Apple we'll iTunes. And we'll read it on the show. Again, shout out to The Hideaway for the awesome theme song you get to meet george like i said and cherry jane our husband and wife arts department in the beginning of february so yeah couples doing shit in the derby community like me and master yeah like dozer yeah and her husband boom we all got businesses I need to find one for him. Yeah. He's so, he's my introvert. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny to have an introvert that's a DJ because, you know, so you gotta talk. He's like, "Hmm?" you know, so he's, he's such a good guy. Silent but deadly. Yes. be his name. Absolutely. (laughs) So if you would like to be a guest on the program, uh, email us OFUTBpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, don't write us a fucking story though. Just give us your contact information. We want to talk to you and get your oral history of your time in this glorious gladiator sport. So again, hit us up. OFUTBpodcast at gmail.com. Out from under the bed is brought to you by Siphon Draw Apothecary. For all the poison free soap, hit them up. Shop through that link tree on our profiles. On Instagram, at Out From Under The Bed. And on Facebook, Out From Under The Bed with The Boogeyman. If you would like to contact our wonderful, fabulous show artist, Cherry Jane, you could do so 
at Art by Cherry Jane on Instagram. If you go there, you will see that she is skating with Team Philippines. It y'all stars coming up. So if you feel so inclined, donate some money so she can make it there and uh, represent Team Philippines at the Y'all Stars tournament happening in late February in, uh, I believe, Louisiana. So shout out to all you gladiators competing in that. And shout out again to our show artist. Thank you again for all the wonderful artwork that you have done for us over the past year. We cannot thank you enough. Um, Again, if you would like to... uh, shit support the program leave us a five-star rating and review on apple itunes and spotify engage with our episodes tell us what you like about them what would be your walk-up music if you had your own personalized entrance when you're coming out of the tunnel at these games so yeah do all that and um shit we are at the end of the jam but anyhow I would like to uh, remind everybody to always look twice and save a life. Motorcycles are everywhere. We are not free until Palestine is free. Free Palestine. This is the boogeyman. Always always get so emotional for my brothers and sisters. This is the boogeyman. Real quick, yes. also to um, Hurricane May, our thoughts and prayers are with you right now. We are going to reach out to you and see how you're doing in a bit. Oh, I don't know what's happening, but yes, we will be doing that. Um, Again, this is the Boogeyman, Master Sedator, and Dozer returning back under the bed, but never back into the closet. Thank you all for listening. Good night. Thank you. Boop.